Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. This is the old... Wait. I got to line up the audio. It's Carl. Carl's waiting. This is the old oh, yeah. Hunter podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me, the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. And we're just going to turn the music off. <laughs> F the music today. Soft launch. Hard quit. <laughs> just jump off the cliff. <laughs> Let's go. This is the OK Center podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I had to just mix it up a little bit. Shout out to Half Rack, half-rack.com. They are our presenting sponsor. Woo! Good friends. Big dogs. Sent us some really fun koozies that have bottle openers attached to them with our logo on the top. These things are very cool. It's like... Uh, uh, Do you ever see the reef? Like some hard wood, though. I mean... Oh, yeah. That's nuts. That's not cheap time. You ever see the reef sandals? Yeah, yeah have I have the them. Opener? I yeah. have them, and I use them all the time. People think it's disgusting because <laughs> oh, I'm using the... my foot to open it. But, you know. People do way more disgusting things than that. When in Rome. <laughs> oh, my God. I overused that one. Oh, yeah, because you've been gone for like, for, how long has it been since you've been in here? Three weeks? A month, for sure. Yeah, because we've had Greg a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. And then, of course, he can't make it tonight. He's recording the OKS Fisher podcast. So, anyway. He doesn't like the way I smell. No, nobody does. No, that one time you came here and you had to use my shower. Yeah. Did, were you out you, in the swamp today? No, not today. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I smell like I was no. in the swamp? Damn it. <laughs> I know you've been hanging cams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanging cams. Yeah, a lot of big changes in the last month here. My wife and I got back from our big European trip. So yep. we spent two weeks overseas. That was tons and tons of fun. We chaperoned 67 Travelers, which lot. was a huge group. And Wait, but when you were flying on the plane, were there any MFers that were not real? Or they were all real? Have you seen this? No. You have no idea what I'm talking about? I have no about? idea what you're talking ah! about. Somebody must know what I'm talking about. Opportunity missed because American I don't know American Airlines anything. had a big incident with some lady that was saying there was a somebody that wasn't real on the plane. What? <laughs> like, I don't know. An alien? Well, and nobody knows. Real. But no one has footage of the person that wasn't real. <laughs> so there's no confirmation. Now the lady's just gone. Like, no one knows what happened. I don't even know what that means. Anyway, so then you've had all real people on the plane. That's great. All me. real people on the plane. We did the whole tour from Paris to Barcelona, all of, through Provence, the south okay. of France, and into Italy. And then uh, came back. And a day after we got back, my wife started full-time job for the first time in six years Whoa. so boom she's writing a job i'm stay-at-home dad and so we're adjusting with all the changes nothing like come back home nothing like come back home no it's good it's good so uh just different it's a different summer so far yeah well hopefully the rest of it's enjoyable with the kids yeah it is good we're having stuff. lots of fun and going exploring all kinds of places so good deal man yeah they're gonna have fun with dad dads yep. are adventurous not say moms aren't uh, in fact, there's like a Bluey episode that talks about this, how moms are boring because they have all the rules, but then 
Dads are fun, but dads F everything up because we don't think of half the things that moms do. Oh, of course. We suck. And I've already, <laughs> I'm in the transition of becoming mom. Yeah. So, you know how, like, dad comes home, dad's fun, or if mom's away working, she comes home. Like, whoever's gone, they're the fun one, right? Yes, they come yes. home. Well, now I'm home for, like, over a week, so I'm already the not fun one. Mom gets <laughs> home, and she's the fun one, so we've totally transitioned. Funny. So now she's getting her fun Glory. time. Yeah. Yep, she's getting it. She deserves it. That's good. Yeah. And she's enjoying the job. It's going well. So good to hear. Yeah. Good to hear. Well, uh, I don't know. We got some more partnerships to talk about. Latitude's working on their sticks coming out. I've been uh, pretty motivated by like the Jake Bush running stuff. He just recently ran ten miles. The ten mile Monday. And I was like, wow, cool. I did ten miles like a week or two, whenever. I, yeah, you did. I did and saw. Uh, damn near died. He didn't like his mile times were seven minutes. I'm like, that's. There's no way I'm running ten miles at seven minutes a clip. No, thank you. It got worse and worse as time progressed. <laughs> no, thank you. I was like, <laughs> but I'm trying, you know. The folks at uh, Latitude, if you have not been seeing all the things they've been doing, I don't know, you must be hiding under a rock because that's all I see anytime I go on social. What Jake's done with the podcast and the guests they've had on, they've been having an amazing year here. They're, yeah, they're basically a media company. Yeah, like they're they, doing huge stuff, man. Their show, Grid, is awesome. They the, the, the products are awesome. The people are awesome. Like the... They're going to the Mobile Hunter Expo and is it Mich somewhere in Michigan? Michigan. And then they're they're the ones putting on the film festival there, which is like it's a latitude film festival. Like they're really got their hands and everything. And they're that feels like be really challenging. They're they're navigating it from the outside in really, really well. I'm sure internally they're losing their heads because <laughs> on how it goes. But yeah, good for them. And then Spartan Forge, I, I think Bill has just been working with his team like 16 hour days trying to get lidar to come out and as someone that's built an app i understand <laughs> not to the magnitude that spartan forge develops but i understand that like it is difficult and just like a supply chain sometimes things don't go right there's delays launches take take like you put something out to the app store on apple and it's like eh. the, <laughs> like nope try again but it doesn't really tell you what it didn't like it just knows it didn't you know, like it. Been a comma in the wrong place in the line of code or something weird so you know, that, that, that whole thing's tough too. And, um, the guys that go wild, they're, they're flourishing also. They launched a new company that now go wild sits under called holler commerce. That's all about affiliate marketing for publishing agencies. It's a whole thing. Um, but go wild is like their poster child of that new entity that they formed. And that's your wheelhouse. When you start I talking e-commerce affiliates, I have no idea what you're saying. And your mouth just gets smilier and yeah, smilier. It's, it's crazy. But like, you know, Go wild is just so like I posted your YouTube video over there and people are like commenting and responding and the comments are coming through on the YouTube video of like hot where to hang summer trail cams and you know, I love the water idea that makes a lot of sense. Oh, is there gonna be glare? Like is there gonna be false triggers? Yeah, good like, good question. Good engagement uh on that stuff. So yeah, it's awesome. So I don't know. Um I think that's I just like talking about all of our friends. Thanks, drop time. Yeah, I haven't. I, you know, if you've seen the Malort commercial where he just gets drunker and drunker and drunker, and he's got to like read the line and take the shot, read the line, take the shot. I'm not, but now I really want to see. <laughs> he eventually like pukes up in his hand, and oh. at the end, he's like really drunk. He's trying to fight the microphone. I want to do like, I don't think it's real, but I'm actually not entirely sure if the guy was trash or not. <laughs> Probably was. But I want to do that with Drop Time. <laughs> drop Time, the Spirit of Deer Camp. And then, like, just, <laughs> just keep, keep going. going. <laughs> Can you please invite me when you do it? Because I yeah. want to do it with yeah, you. Yeah, someone's got to record it and get my puke bucket. <laughs> oh, my God. We had one meal. I don't remember where we were, at what place in France. But we had one meal, and there was something 
kind of risque on the menu. And one of the ladies we were with, another chaperone who is our age, um, has like a textural thing. Like she's like, I'll okay. I'll try it, but like I'm I'm a texture person. And she tries it, and everyone's like, How is it? And she's like. It's good. Oh, no. And then she sent the meme later. Like, I don't know if you've seen the meme of the little girl who's, mm-hmm. like, trying something in front yes, of her mom. Yes. And she's, like, chewing it. She's like. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> Not good at all. Oh, your face says it isn't. Well, we have a guest. A really cool guest. I'm excited because there's a lot of things behind the scenes that I don't think. I think some folks are pretty well aware. We have a podcast network. We're building, growing, so forth. We have the OKS Fisher, UpDuck. There's more coming with that, Woo! more on deck, more being launched. And it's not like more, more, more. It's just very organic, very natural. And uh, like the folks that we're going to be working with to build this network out have been vetted and are good friends. And we believe in what they're going to talk about. And they align really strong with our ethos and mission and brand and in their own way. So one of those folks that we've been talking with is Elizabeth Brownell. So welcome to the show, Elizabeth. How are hey. you doing? Hey, how's it going? We're just all fired up over here. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking our bourbon. I was going to say, I did not get the bourbon in the mail um, prior to this. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. A little confused, but it's fine. Yeah, they stopped shipping to like a number of states for weird reasons that I can't comprehend because I'm not a lawyer. I never thought about it until you shared the whiskey scotch holiday thing. That's right. Yeah, because that got really sudden, challenging. And then I, you're I supposed to start shipping stuff. it, and it's like, yeah. hey, you can't do that. My wife was mad at me. She's like, you're breaking rules. I was like, no one knows. So, Elizabeth, if you did not get yours, there's some postmaster who's <laughs> up in it right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's what it is. It's good stuff. Anyway, so, um, yeah, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, kind of the alias that you've been going by on social for a little while here, and we'll we'll start to just kind of pull the layers back as we get going. Yeah, so my name's Elizabeth Ronell. I'm 27. I'm from Virginia, and I run the account Rookie Hunting on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and I kind of just started the account because I kind of just started hunting, like, out of nowhere. Like, I was a COVID hunter, so um, it just was, like, a way for me to document what it was like, and then it kind of just took off from there and and here we are now so yeah COVID hunter probably would have been a bad name on social media (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) but but, I mean somewhat relatable because it's interesting I've never heard it like referred to as a COVID hunter but like man that time period that two years we recruited so many outdoors people like with not just with hunting but like any outdoor activity like try to buy a kayak during COVID was impossible because everybody was just trying to get outside so it's an interesting way to look at it like this era and so many of them have done what Elizabeth kind of just said and like now they're in it you know what I mean it was like oh just gonna do something to pass the time and now they've kind of bought in which it seems like you've done Elizabeth yeah for me it was definitely like the um I don't know I didn't like what I didn't like what the government was doing I didn't (laughs) like knowing that like we might not be able to, I don't know. It just felt weird. I was like, I don't like knowing that like other people are in control of the food, if that makes sense. So I was like, this is, this makes so much more sense. Like you're doing it yourself. It's a self-sufficiency thing. Um, I think I've always kind of been like on the sustainable train. So it's like, this makes sense from a viewpoint of that, like it's a sustainable meat. 
um, it's better than someone hitting it, you know, with their car, if that makes sense. So it, it kind of was a, it was definitely a weird transition for me because I used to pursue sustainability through like a plant-based diet. And so that was a weird switch for everyone around me and myself included, <laughs> but, um, it kind of, you know, full circle, it, it makes sense now. Yeah. I have a interesting enough. I have three friends that plant-based vegan one's a cousin but also a friend <laughs> like my cousin is my friend <laughs> and then a buddy of mine that i went to high school with is a is a vegan and like practicing and uh i have a friend that was a vegan that went carnivore like total 360 not 360 180 <laughs> didn't come back to it it's <laughs> hey, about face not yet <laughs> numbers anyway he He's going to be a guest sometime in fall. He's at a, he doesn't live in Wisconsin anymore, but when he visits, he's going to come in the studio and tell his story. Cause similar, like he's like, I found myself at the grocery store in the meat aisle wondering like, where the hell is this being sourced? I, and I find that to be interesting that people like stop to ask themselves that question. I don't ever, I don't care. Not cause I don't care. I just, it never occurred to me that I should be asking, where does this meat come from? But to have that, I, I don't know, maybe it's cause it's a, uh, the ethics of the kill and the treatment of the animal and so forth, where it's like, well, I don't know anything about this food or how it got here. Is it sanitary? Is it safe? How is it cleaned? You know, where did it come from? How's it treated? There's a lot of, I think there's some companies that have emerged in like the beef industry that you can scan like a barcode and you can see the supply chain of that Fred, the cow. <laughs> really? Um, and they've done well with that kind of tech added to the chain because then it says like, I don't know. It's an interesting way to connect people with their food. That's not hunting. Like you now know that that cow had a name. Well, we I'm definitely taking us down some weird turns. Well, but no, no, no. But it made me think of something. And we definitely want to get Elizabeth's like backstory with yeah, that and yeah. how it changed. But like when you said the grocery store and you're not think about it, like I'm picturing one aisle at pick and save where we always grocery shop and you turn and it's like where they have like lunch meats, right? Like packaged lunch meats, yeah. not the deli. Okay. And they have like the bacon and like the breakfast sausages. And yep. you think about like all that meat. Where is every single one of those packages coming from? It's somewhere completely different. You know what I mean? Totally yeah. different farms, totally different animals. I'd be so interested to know, like in that one aisle, how many different Sounds like places. a dissertation someone can write for their uh, undergrad. I'm going back. I'm going back. <laughs> like, you could probably write a whole <laughs> research, you know, empirically researched scholarly article about just that. So to, to, to make my point and round it about here, like those are three people that I know closely well enough that I can dig and get some answers from them, but similar conclusion. Like now that, that one vegan, that's no, he's not in Wisconsin, in Florida is now a full blown hunter and killed his first deer last year. And he's my age. Like I think he's a year older actually. So he's 38. And so he's been hunting for a year at start at 37. So you talk about adult onset hunter COVID, you know, wanting to source their own food. I think there's probably a number of you out there that have, I don't know, kind of scratch your head and, and dove in. So talk about yeah. how that, how was it diving in? Was it intimidating? Um, so originally I, I had moved to a new town and I, I remember seeing just like trucks with like the boxes on the back of them for dogs and stuff, just like lining the streets. And so, um, I had, you know, met up with a buddy and I just asked him, I was like, what's up with, what's up with that? Like, what is, what is that? And what is it for? And why does everyone have it? Um, and he was just like, yeah, this is like a huge area for, um, for like hunting with dogs essentially. Um, so it's just whitetail hunting, but it's basically like a man drive with dogs. So they just like let hounds like kind of chase them. 
like that kind of thing. Um, which I have my own opinions on that now that I've been hunting for um, three years. So, but um, so originally I just wanted him to take me not during like that season, but just for like you know the first thing that first opportunity kind of which uh, was early archery, um, and I just wanted to know how to actually butcher an animal. Like that was really the only intent I had um, in asking him, and I was I told him I was like I'm gonna be you know, I'm probably going to cry the whole time. I was like, but I, I want to like learn. I thought it was like a resourceful skill to have. And then I figured I would never go again. Like I figured I would hate it and I would learn something and I would put it in my back pocket and save it for any day. Like I didn't think, I didn't think anything of really what, what ended up happening was it was, I didn't shed like a single tear. Like it was the most interesting day of my life. Like even just waking up in the woods, like the birds were waking up and like just everything that came together, I was like, I could sit here every morning, even if I didn't like ever pull a trigger, if I didn't kill an animal, like I could see myself doing this. Um, and it was just, it was just wild, like seeing an animal just like walking in a field one minute and then like, you know, 10 minutes later, like it's dead. And, and then like 30 minutes later, you're literally like grilling backstrap. And I think when I, you know, tried it and I'm sitting with like friends and I'm, you know, we're grilling and we're still like, you know, butchering this animal. I think it was just such a easy comprehension to be like, this isn't some evil thing that I thought is like, you know, the worst people are doing it and they're doing it for like, just for fun and they're wasting like the meat and they're not like utilizing it. Um, I think it was just like, oh, like this is essentially like we just went to the grocery store and but in like an ethical manner, like, you know, it happened so quick. And I think it was just such like a it was such a pivotal moment of like, this isn't what I thought it was like, nothing is what I thought it was like, I was wrong about everything. And it's crazy that I was making such like crazy judgments on a certain group of people and like just an activity, right, like hunting in itself without really like having like any like previous knowledge, like no background on it. There was um, this past season, I had a, a, I was taking the canoe off of my truck and we we're going to put it in this river to go hunt. I had our video guy, Jace, with us. And uh, this lady was getting viscerally upset that I was occupying this space and was like yelling at me like, you're going to maim an animal. Are you really going out there to hunt? You can't hunt here. You can't hunt here. I was like, lady, I can hunt here down the river over there she's like you're not gonna shoot someone are you i'm like what no i'm not gonna <laughs> like she had such such like she's like you're not gonna are you just gonna go out there and drink beer where's your cooler of beer are you gonna mm -hmm. maim the animal are you gonna I shoot definitely someone thought it was like a redneck drinking beer kind of activity i was like yeah so what do you think goes on in the woods it's a spiritual event like i'm getting close to nature i'm not gonna maim the animal I, like i hope that i don't i pray that i don't i want an ethical kill and yeah i'm gonna eat the animal no i'm not drinking beer i have kids at home like i'm a family man like i'm not just some drunk hick redneck hillbilly and so her perception was so far off that me just talking to her calmly explaining this stuff her guard came down and she was like oh so you're not all like that i'm like wow I, I, where's that coming from you know and that's what's so interesting is like <clears throat> elizabeth you just like kind of half-heartedly apologized for thinking that which 
I don't think in any way is your fault. And it wasn't that woman's fault. Mm -hmm. Like that's a societal thing. Like yep. look at any kids movie, right? Like I'm sure we've all seen Bambi this before. And... Every hunter open season, bam, like every hunter portrayed in any sort of media is a drunken hillbilly who's shooting at everything. Yeah. Like that's every even. video. Yep. I don't even let my kids watch any of those movies. Cause I'm like, I don't want them to have that in their head. Because you talk to any hunter or you have an experience like Elizabeth did and you're like, oh, the light bulb goes off. That's not at all what this is about. It's not about the kill. And the other part that kind of goes into that is like people who see it on YouTube, mm -hmm. like the people who have like these crazy reactions of like just being so excited and you know, oh, the hooting yep, and hollering. Yep. Like, I think what a lot of that is, is not for the death of the animal. It's for the difficulty of getting it done on film. And it looks like they're celebrating like, oh, I just killed that animal hardcore. But like anyone who's ever tried to film themselves or film someone else shoot a deer like with archery equipment. Yeah. It's so difficult that like you do feel so excited. But like it's also primal. Like, that's also part, you know, primal. it yeah. looks one way. But when you're in the actual boots, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. And I'm so and glad so you touched on that. Yeah. And I do think a big thing too, I remember like, you know, cause I grew up in Virginia. So like, this is like something that's always been and around. Real I just quick, where, where in Virginia is Zach in the comments is asking. Yeah. So I grew up in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Um, and right now I live in Montrose, Virginia. So in the Northern neck, I just, I basically moved. I, I went to a college down in South Carolina for four years and then I didn't really think I was going to move back, but, um, I did. And then I kind of moved like an hour away from my hometown so that's where i'm at right now nice virginia but it was it was around nice. like what were you gonna say i was just gonna say i've been to virginia it's very nice it feels like wisconsin to me it didn't feel that different no offense really? the deer are just smaller bodied there <laughs> i was gonna say smaller bodied and it's definitely not as cold it's pretty humid yeah. and <laughs> but, no i just you know it was always around i feel like again it was like it was kind of like the redneck kids at, at school that would like, you know, just wear camo like into a class and that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I used to see a lot of like pictures, like people would post like their pictures with like dead deer. And I remember even thinking back then, I'm like, why, if they're going to do it, like fine. But like, why would they, like, why would they pose the dead animal? And now here I am. And I'm like, let me, yeah, let me pose it. Like, like right above your head in the video. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a big cultural shift. That's a huge transition. Like a lot of people won't even take one step to understanding and you kind of cross the chasm, you know, now like you can't seemingly get enough of, of hunting. So, um, I don't know what, what's it been like, what's it been like you two? I don't, I don't, we've had a lot of, uh, female hunters on our show in the past and writers and so forth. And I feel like a lot of them commented, like everyone always just focuses on that and like, what's it like being a girl? Not, who cares? Like that is a thing. I don't want to make that the thing. I think I forget who it was that was our guest. Um, she's one of the writers that we had on uh, earlier on, a year, like a year ago. And she said, I remember she had said, like, the thing that sucks the most is like when I'm with a bunch of dudes and I have to go pee. I can't just go whip it out of the car. It's like a process. Yeah. And she's like, it? so that part sucks. But otherwise, it's yeah. the same. She's like, it's the same. <laughs> yeah and it's like because you literally have to pull down like you have to pull down everything and so it's like especially <laughs> i found out like waiters like on a boat with a Ooh. bunch of dudes like that's like that's gotta be the worst yeah what do you waiters. how do you do oh. what are you gonna do just do you bring like a 
A bottle? I know there's like that. What's that? Uh, the shiwi? Well, so yeah, the shiwi or whatever. I, yeah, literally. So what I bought, but, and I bought that to go out of like the self-climber. Because like nothing's worse like when you're like I in a self-climber too. I'm like, I do not want to go all the way to the no. base. Like <laughs> back down the tree just to pee for two seconds and then go back up. So it's like I did buy, um, yeah, it's like a shiwi. It's like a silicone little like female. <laughs> like it's um, You can like point it essentially. Um, and that was like the most exciting experience, like using that for the first time. So you didn't like, have to climb down? Because <laughs> yeah, that's the you fucking ought to, You ought to get a saddle and you could do a sky pee. Yeah, it's always interesting, I think, being, um, uh, again, like majority of the friends I've made through hunting and through like the Instagram account um, have been men. So it's like, um, you know, I already work in a male dominated, um, space. So I feel like I thought I was going to, it wasn't going to be any different, but, um, I mean, there's just, I mean, yeah, shit happens. And you're just like, yep. Like I think during, um, spring gobbler, I was with, um, with a friend and, you know, I thought we were like pretty good friends, but I ended up, you know, getting like my period in the woods. And, like my cramps were so bad. Like I started sobbing like in front of him. And I was just like, oh, man, like this is not where I want to be right now. Like <laughs> crying in front of my friend in the woods, like trying to be quiet. Yeah, so. that's got to be tough. I, I don't know. My wife will like talk about cramps. I'm like, I have no way to relate to you. I have no idea what you're going through. I'm very sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. That yeah, sounds extra nice. <laughs> it just doesn't sound like a good time. I, uh, that's too bad. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing as a female coming into a male, like it is very, very male dominated. And it, there's a lot of like uh, the term I learned in college institutionalized, like meaning it's just intertwined to the fabric of our society back to the beginning of time. Like that's how we know. That's how we think about it. So it is, mm -hmm. it is interesting. Like, and I think there's been things like, Oh, pink camo. If I were female, I don't think I'd want to wear pink camo. I'd be like, I'm not trying to stand out like a sore thumb in the woods. Like, Hey, I'm the only girl over here. Like I'm not asking for some weird situation to unfold as a result of that. Like I, there's no way I would want to like further call that out. I don't know what your disposition is towards that. Yeah. Um, it was definitely something I wasn't expecting, I think, because when I started hunting in 2020, I was like, okay, like, it's a pretty progressive time. Like, I'm like, why is, are there one, no options, like for women's like hunting clothing, like in actual stores. And if there is, the sizing is all jacked up because, I mean, it was probably made by men, no offense. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the other point is that it's like, yeah, it's like even if they add like a pink zipper or like a pink logo or just like the smallest little accent, like I know um, Treason does like purple or like, a, you know, DSG has like the little blue, like the light blue color, like, and it's just like, it's kind of, it's really, it's really fucking annoying. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh you. yeah. Here's this little subtle nuance. Yeah. Enjoy this ladies. Like this yeah. is for you. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like, let's, let's, I have an idea. Like, let, I'm let, a lady hunter. Like here's your pink yeah. little deer, like antler. Like it's just not necessary. And I think even, yeah, even now I'm like, I don't know why this is still a thing that companies like still think they need to. I don't know if that if they think they're going to draw in women by like offering a more like feminine like difference between the men's and women. Like, I really don't know what it is, but it's got to go. And I don't know why companies don't. I'm sure it's it. like, you know how we can get another revenue stream? Put some pink on that zipper. Let's try that out. It's the same product, but for women. And you're right. <laughs> like it was probably designed by a bunch of men. Now, to that point, there are 
some female entrepreneurs that are trying to pave a way to like create technical outer outerwear mm -hmm. that are made by females for females that will address the, the the fit and so forth and like have more of the function rather than the form. Is that right? Am I saying it correctly? Form form is like what you see, functions how you use it. So yeah. you know, and I will say like yeah. and I agree, I think there are some companies that are really making like a you know pretty good progress um as far as like again, like you said, made by women for women. Um, and I think what I've found with those brands is like, they're usually like exponentially more expensive. Yeah, for sure. Probably really hard. They're like smaller market, supply right? Supply chain out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Which, I feel like for women, like getting into it, it's like, it does take a little bit of time. I think when people ask me what I'm using, it's like, I've tried so many different brands um, because I'm just still like waiting to fall in love with something basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate saying Sitka because like, again, that's the most, you know, one of the more pricier ones, but I will say it's like, they have done a very good job is like they're like the form and the function is that's the best I've found so far. So what's funny, I about, I, you know, I've never bad mouth Sitka on the podcast because like they call call it shit, call whatever you want. Like it ends up being like a jealousy thing. So I think if Sitka were just handed out to everyone, they'd be happy to have it. But like, we get offended that the price tag is so high that we're like, you're not speaking my language, but it's, it's easy to point the finger at, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, sicko, that guy. But oh, you can't money ever tell bags. me it's not good. It's oh, literally it's the, the best. best. They're owned the by best. Gore Technologies. It's like a $4 billion company. Like they have access to like garments that no other brand can touch. They're all going to the same factories overseas and they're all getting like, oh, here's this watch. Here's that watch. I can make it mine or I can do this. But Sika is the only one that has the ability to like literally invent new materials and they have, you know, the wherewithal and the funding to do it. So I, I won't ever like totally discard Sitka as a, even as an okay center. I would say like, well, you know, if I had some Sitka. You bet your ass I'd be wearing it. <laughs> and uh, God knows I could use all the help I could get. But yeah, as an okay center, like, you know, we, we probably don't jive with the Sitka brand, but I'm not going to knock yeah. it because I don't have yeah. it. <laughs> That's well, one. I think Sorry, go comments. ahead. Like, I love the comments I get when people are like, wow, like, you know, you're a rookie hunter and you're wearing some really expensive gear. You have a really expensive bow. And I'm like, I don't think you guys understand that. Like, yeah, if you look at it, it's like a three year, you know, I've been hunting for three years. But like when I started hunting, it was like used like hunting clothes off Facebook Marketplace. It was like Walmart hunting clothes. It was a used bow off Facebook Marketplace. Like, I think I did my time. Like, I, I would like to think I did my time before I, like, started to really, like, upgrade my Yeah, the same boot camp. Head. You're not a recruit. Like, <laughs> you know, there's not, like, phases. You can start where you want. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, like, that's marketing for some people. Like, you, Derek had mentioned he ran into a guy in Illinois that was, oh, this was my first time ever hunting, and he was probably wearing $5,000 worth of oh, gear. He, he had everything. But all the best stuff. It was brand new. Some people can just start there. Like, Hey, that's what you got going on. Hey, if you can afford it, yeah, go nuts. Do it. But that that's something I never really thought about as like a someone entering, say like an adult onset, or even I guess as kids it might be different, but probably not. But the double edged sword of like women's clothing, they don't sell a ton of it, so they don't focus on it. So it's not always in store, like Elizabeth Correct. said. So like you're not gonna gain more by not having it, more like female hunters, mm -hmm. but then you're having to pay more to get something you want, is what she said, right? So all of a sudden, think of like if you had to get started bow hunting today, mm -hmm. how much you would have to fork over to tons, get where you're at tons. and then add a Boots, whatever price tag socks, to like to get females clothes yeah. that actually work because they're not common. Like it's just making it harder for women to get into hunting, mm -hmm. which is yeah. really crappy. <laughs> every, every brand wants 
uh, you know, we want to really speak to the female demographic. We want to reach the female demographic. But then what? It's like the dog <laughs> that catches the car. Like, what are you going to do with it? You need to actually like come to market with something valuable for the female demographic, not just because you want it on your bottom line. Yeah. Which is like the wrong way of thinking. Oh, we're getting into some weird shit right now because I'm in the space. Like it's I, good shit. I see it, you know? And so it's interesting to hear yeah, your perspective. You're going to the marketing. <laughs> the marketing uh, keep me away from the marketing. Let's talk about hunting. Yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you, Elizabeth. So going from vegan, right? Plant-based diet to then COVID hunter. Like how, how has that changed like relationships or how is that like kind of induced some conversations with, I'm assuming you had like, friends that were vegan or people who were close to you or that were vegan, like how has that gone? Like that kind of ripple effect of like, now you're doing this. Like, did you lose relationships? Did you gain? Like, how does that look? Um, I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have too many people that were like doing plant-based in my, in my immediate circle. So like that wasn't a problem, but I do have like, you know, some of my best friends, like, and a lot of my college friends, I think they were just very like, <laughs> <laughs> very confused and like I don't want to say turned off but like they were just like what's going on like you're going through this like <laughs> weird like phase almost they thought you were um, possessed <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, my family for sure they were also equally confused um but I think once I was able to like rationalize it the way I do um, they were kind of like, okay, like this kind of makes sense then. Like you, you've always been like an animal lover. Like you've always been an animal advocate and like the way you're selling hunting to us, like that makes sense kind of. So I think by that, like first Christmas, like they got me a bunch of hunting stuff. So I definitely felt the support and like for my family and I think my friends, like I just had to realize like they're just not about it and they're never going to be about it. And so like all those wins I had, I just kind of felt like I kept that to myself. Like I wasn't, I did not tell, like even when, you know, Ricky hunting on Instagram, like started taking off a little bit, like I was not posting it on my personal Instagram. Like I was not talking about it on any of my other, um, like I was just really low key. And if people found it, like I wouldn't follow him back. Like I was just like, this is happening, but it's not happening in my, <laughs> in my social, like it takes, it social. takes a while to adapt to a new identity. And as a dad and a husband, like there were, now I'm a husband. Now I'm a dad. Like it takes a minute for those transitions and identity shifts to like fully take hold. Now I'm like a middle-aged nerdy dad, dude. I keep doing a new laugh that Holly's called me out for. And she's like, you are fully in the nerd dad. You're getting there. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah okay, fine, thanks. But to that end. <laughs> and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not married. Like I'm not, I don't have kids. So I feel like this honestly for me was probably like the, like my first like identity shift, if that makes sense. Yeah, but. well, it is. That's, I, I only use that as an example because that's when that like, I, you know, identifies this. Now I'm, now I'm that. And I'm like literally at like. A kid was born. Now I'm actually a dad. And a minute ago, I wasn't. And now it's like, what does that mean? You know, what, how does that change your life? In any event, what I was going to say is like, were there, I'm sure there are points where you had to like defend veganism against the, the friends that may have hunted and be like, well, why don't you just eat meat? You know, why don't you just, you know, and like, yeah. why don't you just have a chicken wing? Like, it's not, it's not going to kill you. You know, it's like at some point, if you're a vegan, you probably shouldn't be wearing that belt, that belt or using that iPhone. Like it's somewhere along the, the, Things yeah. that you're possessing, it had it had touched an animal, or it was an animal, or something, right, or an animal product. So, we a lot of my buddies give my one buddy crap all the time for being a vegan, 
you know, but we, over the years, we've gotten so much better, but like, if he's coming, like we'll bring food because we want to respect his decision to make that choice and like support him rather than being an asshole to him and making him feel bad about it. Like, cause he's our friend. Cause he's a good human, you know? Um, so I just wonder, I feel like you're probably well positioned to like defend it the other way around because you probably had to do it the other way. Yeah. And I, sense. and honestly, I feel like I still, I still do. Um, cause I feel like if you're in the hunting, uh, sphere, right. Especially on social media, like it's just a bunch of like people shitting on vegans. Like it's, <laughs> it's the opposite. My food poops on your food. Yeah. All that. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like I've, I've treaded a good line where, yeah, I still do. If people want to live a plant-based life, like all I'm all for it. Like I'll support you just as much as, you know, I wanted that support before. Um, because I still do think it's like an honorable way to like live your life if that's what you believe in. But on this, on the opposite spectrum, you know, as I'm respecting what you're doing, like just respect what I'm doing. And I, I hope we can like meet halfway and like hear each other out. So on the onset podcast, which is what we're calling your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think there's reasons for that name. And we can talk about that in a second. You had said on your pilot episode, um, that we should all just have a little more grace with you, with each other. And I, when you said that, I was like, this is why we like you. This is why you're here. Like perfect fit. You totally get it. Perfect like, fit. We do just as, as hunters and outdoor enthusiasts and people that come from different walks of life. And this is all things in life. We just got to have some more grace with people. Like even parenting styles and this, that, and this, and like everything, everyone thinks that their way is the way. All I could help but think about <laughs> is like, I, I so respect where you're coming from, Elizabeth, like your journey and like where you're at now. And like you just said, you know, if somebody wants to take the vegan, like, you're, you just have a very well-rounded mind. And I think what I really, I couldn't help but let my mind go there as, as a husband and a father and not to pigeonhole anybody, but like whether you become, you know, like what, what you do in your life, like whoever you interact with family members, you know, partners, husbands, kids, maybe, I don't know, whatever. But like now you have this full 360 view. Here's the 360 coming. But you know what I mean? Like you have this, you have a view of all these different sides, not to push kids one way or, you know, um, loved ones Mm -hmm. one way or the other, but like to accept and like help them learn about whatever way suits them. And I think that's like the grace that we should, or wish everyone could have for, for all these different viewpoints, but that's awesome. Beyond your years to have that disposition at that age. And it sounds like you came from like a place where you viscerally felt differently. So it's cool that you have an open enough mind to hear other opinions. It's how we learn is by having an open mind. And I always think too, like if you're surrounding yourself with people that are thinking the exact same way as you, I just, I don't think you're like learning or like you're not growing at all. Like you're only going to hear like literally the beliefs you already believe in. And so I feel like you're not like challenging your mind to really be empathetic towards other people's experiences and like their opinions and what they believe in. Couldn't agree more. That we're just having a conversation about political spectrum before I'm not going to say anything other than and like, yeah, I was going to say that goes to, that goes to a lot more things than I think people realize. So I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm very moderate, like in literally every like aspect of life. Like I just feel like I'm pretty, I just, I see everyone's side like a little too well. So I feel like it's hard, hard for me to like form opinions, but I'm just like, yep, like that makes sense. Like, yeah, but that's what makes the most sense because there is no right one way. Right. There is no one way correct, to do anything. Yep. There is none. So. And what works for you doesn't work for me. And what works for me doesn't work for you. And so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And down the chain we go. So it's one of those things like 
We could we could get into it. We could pick. I could pick something in this room, and we're going to debate about it. Pot calls versus uh, piece of shit. Mouth calls. <laughs> like, right, like let's talk about vodka versus bourbon. You know, bourbon. Uh, you know, uh, I think they're both like. What no, I I really hope I really hope that uh, anyone who you know has followed this podcast and followed Eric for years hears this and jumps on with the onset because I think they'll see that you know what a well-rounded young lady you are and like it's a great thing what you're starting so i hope i hope the word gets out because i think you're definitely in a very very good place here yeah you've done some pretty cool things with the so i i was i think i don't think i said this we've said this before we went live the the rookie hunter rookie hunting the first time you said it on the pilot episode i thought you said ricky henning I was going to say when you said that, I was like, that could definitely be like my drunk alter ego. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We are on the same page. <laughs> so, so yeah, if Ricky ever comes out, we'll know what's going on. But like, um, oh, was, Elizabeth, don't just go saying that now that's going to be your drunk alter ego because you started drinking because you started hunting. <laughs> Otherwise, we get right back into the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's like. As a, I sip my I, bourbon. <laughs> No, but the, the name, terrible. the name onset, like you're like, Oh, we could go with, you know, rookie hunting. That name might be taken. There's a, the out, uh, Western rookie and so forth. And onset defined, I think is like the beginning of something new, but it often is like associated or especially regarded with failure or like something like that. I'm not going to pull up the definition yeah, right now, but like something unpleasant, like essentially, like it's something that you know, is maybe you're going to start it, but it's not going to be like the best. But that's just it. Like when you, when you embark on new ter- Hey Greg, uh, when you embark on new adventures and, and you leave your comfort zone, you're going to do things that feel very unpleasant. Like going from vegan to hunting. Like you said, you're like, it's happening, but it's, but I'm not acknowledging it. Like, cause it's going to take, cause it feels weird. Cause I'm not sure how I identify with this yet. Like I, you're crossing a chasm is well, kind of how I explained it, but. Yeah. Yeah, so the onset to me is like adventure and new beginnings and trying new things. And it's not just hunting. So I'll let you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, I think it kind of encompasses like, (laughs) honestly, yeah, like my life at this point, like it's like, you know, I started this, but it's kind of like just changed everything in a way. Like it's consumed like everything. And so I think, um, and like you said, it's like, I'm learning what I'm with and that's honestly never stopped. Um, I think that, like, as I hunt new things, I'm learning, like, what I'm okay with and what I'm not. Because um, originally, like, I started hunting whitetail. And I was like, okay, like, I can do this maybe, but I can't do birds. Like, that was, like, the first thing I said. I was like, I can't hunt any birds. Like, I'm just not going to be okay with that because, like, I'm a big, like, big birder. Like, I'm a bird nerd. And I like <laughs> birds a lot. And I just thought, I was like, the meat to, like, the meat ratio just didn't seem like justifiable, if that makes sense. Yep. Then like the first spring came and I was like, well, you know, is turkey a bird? Like is turkey technically the birds I'm like, you know, I'm bird watching. Like, I don't think that counts. Like, so <laughs> Slippery slope. Elizabeth. Distinctions were made. <laughs> Ricky's <Exactly>. talking. <laughs> so then I tried, you know, turkey. And then the next year I was like, okay, well, you know what? Like, I know I said no, no birds, but like, we're just going to try ducks. Like, we're just going to see how it goes. Like, I'll probably miss every single one anyway. So like, does it really, does it count? Like, and so 
once I tried that and I killed my first duck and then I kind of realized like, okay, like this isn't affecting me in the way, in the manner that I thought it was going to. And so, and now it's like, you know, obviously not a problem, but so I think that is interesting. Like there are so many animals I haven't hunted yet. And it's like, I I love going into the debates of like ethics of certain animals because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also just learning. And so it's like hearing other people's opinions of like animals that shouldn't be taken or anything like that. I feel like I'm also, you know, kind of gauging my feelings and like my thoughts on it too. I have a question for you and this is, I don't know, maybe somewhat rhetorical, but I think I would like to hear your answer. Um, (laughs) Sorry. I've heard, so I listen to a bunch of podcasts and a lot of them deal with, you know, non-hunting or V, you know, just different mindsets trying to grow myself. And I've heard people talk about that feeling when you like take an animal's life and there's like some gratification in you like there's some part of you that is like feels fulfilled and they said that that's like an instinctual thing that's been in us since cavemen right like that was a good thing like you provided like it's there for a reason versus like the philosophical part which is like the part that maybe we had going in like that well I can't do birds but then you did and I was like oh it didn't affect me the way that I thought Like, do you feel there's any weight to that? Like, do you feel like that maybe like it was more of like ideology and like your thought process that was in the way of like what was really there? Or how do you feel like that interacted? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a question. Um, I I don't think so. I think I just know like, because I don't think I was like getting in my own head about it. I think... I was trying to go into it with like boundaries for myself, if that makes sense. Like, I know mm-hmm. I'm a pretty, like, I, I cry when I, you know, I have, I harvest a deer. So it's like, I know I'm emotional. And I think I, like, I think I was just, I didn't want to like turn myself off to it, if that makes sense. Like, well, it's also a different, I, I don't know, I feel like identity is a big part of this conversation because that was such a strong part of your identity for, you know, 24 years of your life. And so it seems as though you're trying to safeguard some of that because that is still how you built yourself into who you are. And so it's like, if I start to just keep chipping away at that, like, are you, are you ready to be fully on the other end of who it? And what be? does that mean the for me? The identity crisis I've been having. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to call it that, but like. I don't want to like it, but I do. <laughs> it's interesting. It's, it's a really interesting dialogue. My mind's telling me no. But <laughs> 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 Sorry. R. Kelly should That's have good. no part in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. We're not trying to pee on sheets here. Like, we did talk about peeing out of the saddle. That's though. right. We did. So, so we're really. Some correlate. The R- R- Full Kelly. 360. <laughs> Just spinning around circles, peeing. <laughs> Don't your drink. You're gonna need a ring of steps for that. I've got one. I got a ring of steps. This is the OK Center podcast. Like this is where you're you're stemming from. Okay, we 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 get real weird here. Thanks for being part of the network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we have to set the bar as low as possible so everyone else can feel as though they can make all the mistakes. You guys will make. kill it. Yeah, yeah. We don't want we'll, you feeling we'll like suck you, it up. Yeah, we're not the Sitka podcast. Okay, like you, it's okay. We're the Walmart flannel podcast. <laughs> oh boy, I I had a thought queued up there. I don't know what it was. I'm but, sure I pissed it away. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I birds just seem stupid to me. <laughs> I have a turkey fan in the garage. I got to find a way to put it in here somehow because I am happy with it. Like it's cool. I enjoyed that. But like it's not a, the the gra- We talked about this before. With Anthony Anthony Heller was here with Deervane. The gravity of a whitetail is heavier. 
than yeah. way different other that's, things. I think that's what I realized too. It's like now it's like I kind of gauge like okay, like if an animal doesn't make me doesn't make me emotional, it's like I feel like it doesn't hold the same magnitude. Um, and I don't think it's a size thing either. <laughs> um, I think I, I don't know. I think white tail just they hit different. Yeah. I don't know. Birds just seem stupid. For a lot of people, birds and fish, right? But Tyler, who runs the Up Duck podcast, he's obsessed with pheasants. And he's also getting into duck. I just, I. But so much of that is about the other component. The dog. dog Yeah. Is seeing your animal do the thing. That thing thing is meant to do that. Yeah. The pheasant is like the the treat for the dog at the end of the ride, right? Like that's his little treat there. It's mostly about his dog, which is cool. Good point. I don't have that bond, so I don't understand it because I don't have a dog. But you I have s- so many cats. So many freaking cats. <laughs> you could probably take down a whole Dude, field of pheasants. You want to hear? Cat. Okay, let's go Army. on a tangent here. Sorry, Elizabeth. Have you, I, hold on. You got to tell her about the backstory. But have you seen the OK Center show on YouTube yet or on Carbon TV? A couple, yeah. Have you seen the one where Derek talks about how many cats he has? Do you know no, what we're that's talking what I'm about? Saying, how many no. cats do you have? I don't have any, but my family has. <laughs> That's the bullshit I've heard. <laughs> My family is. <laughs> like me personally? We have four. <laughs> so we just, every time Falco comes around, I'm going on a hunting trip or out of wherever. I'm, send your wife I'm going for the weekend. My wife goes and gets, gets a cat or two or whatever. So we've, we've got a pile of cats. But, but they just run the neighborhood. You guys well, like the cat They're house. indoor outdoor, but our neighbor feeds the outdoor cats. So she has like eight cats and she's worried that our cats are going to intermingle. Like they're they out are. there every day. They're breeding. But anyway, I went to lo- I mowed the lawn yesterday. It's kids? been a dry summer in West Bend. Yes, I've same. mowed the lawn very few times. I went to mow the lawn. It's still very short. I found about seven dead mice and about six <laughs> dead songbirds laying in that yard. I told my wife, I said, I mowed the cemetery today. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, the cats have been committing mass murder oh, in the no. backyard. So That's all of our sad. local... Small mammals and birds. George is taking. Sorry, Elizabeth. I'm really sorry. The cats. Songbirds aren't the birds you want to hunt, but the cats are. Yeah, instinctual. Oh my gosh! If it flies, it dies. That's what my cat says. (laughs) (laughs) Craig said pheasants are dumb but tasty. (laughs) Especially wrap them in bacon. Anywho, you wrap that bird in a pig. Woo! There we go. No, so um. I don't know, the Onset Podcast, like, you just went to Alaska, you are, like, doing, like, what else are you doing other than hunting? This is not just a hunting podcast. Let's just talk about the Onset for a minute. Can you just take the floor from us? Yeah. Please. Um, What else am I doing? You know, I just, I don't even know half the time. Um, I'm just a constant Perfect fit. Perfect fit. Emergency, I think. Um, You know... I'm trying to get big into like the homesteading thing. Like literally at work the other day, my government, like uh, my government boss basically was like, you know, where, like, where do you see yourself? Like, what is your dream job? And I was like, I was like, honestly, I was like, I, I just want to be a farmer. I was like, I think I totally missed my calling and I don't know why I'm here. And he was like, <laughs> oh, he was That's like, the best. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I don't, like- I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I'm just being honest. Like, it's like the um, office space. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But for real, like how many, like I think that all the time. Like, Do you work? Do what's you your work? dream job? Not having a job yeah, not having and a just job. feeding my not family. <laughs> do, do you work for, do you work for the government in some capacity and like a state job or something? Yeah. So I'm a contractor for the Navy. What, what, in what way? My, I have my sister's in the Navy. She's in, 
Ah, God, not Egypt. What's that rich ass country out in the Middle East? Saudi Arabia. No, I know what you're trying to think about. Dubai. Dubai. She's in Dubai. Oh, yeah. sweet. She was in Sicily. Now she's in then California. Now Dubai. She's gosh, she might be your age. She's like 26, I think. Okay. Anywho, she's in the Navy. My best buddy's in the Navy. Like Navy, Navy, Navy. Love it. Anyway, yeah. go on. A lot of my coworkers and friends are veterans, um, or they're still active. So, um, yeah, I've worked on the naval base for like five years now. Um, so, is that what's over there, Quantico? Is that the uh, that's Marines? So that's um, that's closer to like my hometown. Like that's a little bit north. I'm like on the Potomac, basically between Virginia and Maryland. Cool. Yeah. So, um, and that's when I, you know, when I started hunting, I was like, all right, well, I've already been doing like I've already been in a male-dominated career. Like I'm. Yeah. I'll handle this no problem, and I'm like, oh no, there's misogyny still here. Like, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's what, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So yeah, sounds awesome. What did you do in Alaska? How did that go? How did why did you go to Alaska? Like, how did that happen? Um, so I had some friends that like that were up there. Um, uh, really talented photographer and videographer, um, Mitchell McPherson. Um, he is basically doing he basically travels like in his van um, for like wildlife photography while he's like working essentially. So him and my other friend and I met them at the same, uh, we all met at like a youth hunt in Illinois, Missouri, Kentucky. Um, so we all became friends there and he's doing um, like tour, like uh, basically guided like grizzly um, photography tours with wow. our other friend, Jessica. So she's on um, her account is like lifestyle tactics. And so she does a lot of stuff with like guns and that kind of stuff, like firearm training. Um, and so they're she's they're doing it basically like later in the summer in Alaska. They're doing like the grizzly tours. So um, they were both going to be up there and they invited me up there. And so I got to hang out with them for a couple of days and and some other people. And I absolutely I thought. Honestly, I thought Alaska, like it's a, you know, once in a lifetime trip, obviously I'm trying to hit all 50 states before I turn 30. So this was number 44 for me. Wow. And good for you. Yeah. Thank you. So how did Alaska stack up? Was it a trip of a lifetime? Are you going to move there? It, I, and that's what I'm saying. I think I thought like going into it, I was like, okay, like I'll probably like never come back here. Like this is probably like the one time, like I come to Alaska and I don't go back. And so yeah, day two there. I'm like, I'm fucking moving to Alaska. Like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Did you type up your letter of resignation <laughs> that night? Like, hey, I'm done. I'm going to go homestead in Alaska. It's done deal. Yeah, essentially. My kids, I mean, my kids watch this, this channel. I'm interrupted because that's how I am. My kids watch this channel on YouTube called The Outdoor Boys. Oh, yeah. It's me fighting back against them watching, like, some other bullshit channel mm -hmm. that I can't stand. I'm like, if you're going to watch YouTube all day, at least watch something. That feels yeah. like relates to the life I want to live. <laughs> <laughs> and and those a-holes just bought a homestead in Alaska. This latest episode is we bought a plot of land in Alaska. The episode is them going to it for the first time and discovering all the shit left behind. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like my dream. And it's awesome. Anyway. It was honestly the it was just. I mean, it was insane. Like, just everywhere we went, like, it was just, it looked like a screensaver. And, like, you know, I knew the wildlife was going to be crazy, but, like, it was actually crazy. Like, I saw, like, three different kinds of whales. Um, I saw, like, moose on my very first day there, like, just driving, like, just five moose on the side of the road, like, most casual thing. 
Oh, um, yeah. I mean, it was just insane. Like I saw like sea otters, like elephant seals. Like it was just like every day that went by, like it was a new animal. Like it was, and it was, it was awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Definitely. Sounds good like for you. good for you. I'm happy you got to do that. I'm not, also, je- I'm not jealous at all. Also sounds like you have some really good friends to get on the podcast because if your friend who does the grizzly guided tours of photography does that, I will definitely listen to what he has to say. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And also, like, I got to meet a lot of their, like, um, Mitchell's friends that are, like, live in Alaska. And so they, and I just, I'm blown away by the people of Alaska. Like, just, they're, it's like, the, I keep telling people it's the difference between someone who's, like, done prison time and someone who hasn't. Like, it's, like, literally, like, the lower 48. Like, we have not seen jack shit. And, like, the people of Alaska are just, like, literally like fist fighting bears like they've seen some shit and they've been through some shit and like they're they're hard except we're in prison and we're not yeah (laughs) i mean they're just they were everyone was awesome like we moose like at the campsite like every night um like they were just so so great and then everyone i met i just had a great experience with that's cool i don't know how this relates but i feel like it somehow relates (laughs) Last night I was watching a movie. It was called Derek. The Intimidation Game. Okay, I've never heard this? of this movie. No, what the fuck you're it's uh, about? Benedict Cumberbatch. Do you know <laughs> is that, that a real name? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know Benedict? Still lost in the sauce. Oh my god, great! What did you just say, Benedict? British actor. Oh, I don't know. Benedict Cumberbatch. Elizabeth, do you know who that is? <laughs> Saying the name, I'm no. sorry. He was in a series of That's Sherlock Holmes. He played Sherlock. Really? Very eccentric guy. So not not so not he, the Iron Man guy. Not no. Okay. Not Robert Downey. <laughs> But he uh, he plays this, what was then an autistic mathematician, okay. based on a true story, who helped solve not Enigma, good, not good the Nazi code break, the Nazi code machine. Okay. He helped break the code machine. So he developed this machine that would break the code to win the war. Got it. I've and in that movie, they're showing scenes of like how bad it is while they're trying to like break this code and like, you know, London's being burned to the ground and bombed every day and like the people are just having to clean it up and like you're seeing all these people their houses are blown to shit and they're just like doing it and i was like i looked at my wife i was like how many people today like if their house got blown up would like do this they just like oh i quit and like we had that conversation it's like you just mentioned alaska like these people have seen some shit and i'm thinking like yeah these people do what they have to do to like survive and, and the rest that, of us are that, just weak, that, weaklings. Lies, We're just weaklings. And therein lies the difference between someone that's vegan versus a hunter. And my like brass tacks, raw opinion of it, two bourbons deep, is like sometimes you just got to do what you got to damn do. <laughs> And, and, and that, at the end of the day, like if we were all succumbed to like total demise and we we're all in the wilderness, like you get hungry enough, you're going to kill that fucking pig and you're going to eat it. And, yeah. and you might feel some shame or guilt, but by golly, you got to fucking eat. And I'm swearing very intentionally. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Drop Tine. Thanks, 12 Point Bourbon. Anyway. Uh, I mean, and, and that's, you know, and so we, we live in a society that, like, affords us the ability to have the wherewithal to be about ethics. And I think that's really good. I don't think that's an inherently a bad thing. I just think that if it came back to that. And there, 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 that's where the argument lives. Like, well, we're not that anymore, so we don't have to live that way. Yeah, but like, gosh, does it feel good to connect with that part of ourselves? 100%. Like, it's there. Like, acknowledge that's something it. something I understand, like, the instinctive aspect of it. Like, it is, like, a very primal thing. And I feel like explaining that to people who have never done it before is, like, very difficult. They'll say barbaric. We'll say primal. It really I, does come down to the experience, I think, though. Like you just said, like, 
if you haven't had the experience and you haven't had it in a good way, like mm -hmm. you can't relate. You really can't. But it's not all, it's not all game farms and, and hoot and ha. Like I, I did a pheasant hunt and I hated it. I hated it. Those pheasants where they go I, out and drop the pheasants? I didn't hate, I didn't hate the fact that I was invited to go do it and it was all good intentioned. But like these birds were sickly birds. So like the dogs are doing their thing, but I'm like walking up to this thing with a gun in my hand. I could pick up the fucking pheasant. I'm like, this isn't right. Dude, some of them yeah. swing them around in a burlap sack and then stick them in the brush. Yeah. So they stay there. Like I like to hunt because I like to hunt. Not, yeah. I'm not trying to just go pick up. I think that's the only way I would do pheasant. Cause that is on my, I don't, honestly, it is on my like kind of dream list um, to hunt, but it would, it would have to be like a wild pheasant. Like I don't, and, yeah it needs to be it needs to be a, an actual hunt and and so that's and i'm not against guided hunts per se this just happened to be a poor poorly managed end of its life you know uh farm or whatever what i don't even know what it was i, I was just kind of along for the ride um but to that end like it the, i think that's what some people think of us like oh, yeah. we're just paying to go hunt some things and killing them and then putting them on our walls. Or if that had been your only experience in hunting your whole life, you got invited. Off. I've been turned off. And then here you are, you're supposed like, to shoot this terrible. bird that's just dizzy laying in a bush half dead. Yeah. Like that's not, that's no. not what it is. No. And that's not what, that's not what hunting whitetail on public land is. No. Or even private land <laughs> for that matter. Like it, it, I don't care what land you're hunting. I like whitetail or whitetail. They're really hard to hunt. Um, game farm, like enough, some of them are big enough where you're going to get a pretty similar experience. But if I'm hunting over like a brick of fucking salt and it's like delivering food to it and it's coming there at nine o'clock you know, in the morning and like... This is when that one's going to show up. No, thank you. I'm not doing that. Like, you yeah. can't pay me enough to do that hunt. Anyway. <laughs> How do I really feel about it? <laughs> I just told you. <laughs> I don't know why I have that in, like instinctive feeling about these things. It's just a natural feeling I have. It's good. I naturally don't ever want to do that. I agree. But if it's like some big ranch in Montana and it's like, you know, 200,000 acres. That doesn't count. That's not the same thing. So our buddy Bo had told me his family has gone down to Texas a couple times and okay. he went down with his uncle. Texas is huge. Doesn't count. It's different. But, but, but one of the setups that he had encountered, they were down there hunting javelina and he's having a lot of fun hunting javelina. They're fast. They never stop. They're yeah. hard to hunt. Like they pop out and then they go, they're gone. But he said, Reminds oh, that the guys tried to put him up and, you know, to go shoot a deer. Okay. Go sit this blind. The feeder will go off, blah, blah, blah. He's like walking in. He's like, I saw like four bucks cross the road. Look at me. And then when I turned around, when I walked by them, they were like back out on the road. And he's like, automatically, I was like, not no. that interesting. And he got up there. And he's like, there was deer everywhere. And like, they just didn't care. I he's like, I just kill something. They told him to shoot as many as he wanted. He could shoot whatever he wanted. He didn't shoot mm -hmm. one. And I was like, I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. I, without a it's doubt not interesting it would have felt really weird to me that, horrible that 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 when people say you're a murderer that's that, what that feels is. like murder and that feels that's different exactly that's exactly how i feel I, and i think i'd i'd you know again i'd rather do a whole season and like not harvest a single deer than like just be in that situation and be like yeah like i'm a badass hunter like no i'd i would rather fail on public land yeah, by and, myself but, yeah and i'm not a badass i'm a dumbass there's a difference but th sure. then there's like Africa, and I think I think Africa is different because it feeds the community. There's more going on there economically than I think people may be pervy to. But it still would feel weird, even though there's good happening. I would still feel weird about it. <laughs> My views change a little bit on the the Africa thing after our trip to Europe. 
and I'll tell you why. Well, tell me why. I want to. Um, there's a lot this of protests in Europe. Fresh new information. A lot of protests. So the big thing with with African safaris, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it it feeds the community? Good thing, right? Mm-hmm. They take care of the animal. the The community eats it. You don't bring it home. Yeah. And it's the fiscal. Like, it's always the financial economic thing. value. That's for the, the argument, yeah. right? Well, we went to Barcelona, and there was protesters in the park we were at, five feet from us, with you know drums and banners, protesting tourists coming to visit their city because what they're doing is Barcelona is a huge cruise port, which I did not know. One of the biggest in the world, second biggest in the world. And some of these cruise ships have 4,000 people and they're going and docking at these cities, little coastal cities that are beautiful that have 5,000 people live in them. People it's are getting off the, the ship lifestyle for the people that live buying there. everything. The people Raising can't the prices. It's yeah. a gentrification. Yeah. So they're, they're making tons of money. Money's coming in, but life is horrible. So for these people, it's not about the money. It has nothing to do with the money. The money sucks. They just want their life back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe to some degree. I wonder if they'll like, get to that point. In America, you know what I mean? Like yeah. money is the bottom line. Like, oh, we're giving them money. We're giving them money. Mm-hmm. That's not it mm. for everyone. Good point. And I was like, shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> ah, like you guys new learning achievement unlocked. Damn it. Give me a give me a, one of those little megaphones. <laughs> I'll protest with you. Like I got it. Like I got it. I wonder if Africa will um get to because it I think Europe's far more civilized civilized, right? It's not oh yeah. the same level. It's right? very it's not, different. Barcelona. No, I'm not saying Africa's I mean, third world. It was but. very much like America. Like yeah. Barcelona is yeah. very, very much like America. No, that's a good that's a good point. Uh crazy topics. Elizabeth, thanks for being our guest tonight. On a, on a total whim, I like, you know, texted you in the middle, middle of the day. I was like, oh, shit, we should probably have you on because we're kind of booked up for the next couple of weeks. And your podcast is kind of like launching. Your pilot has launched. You got some episodes. <laughs> we're doing the thing. Yeah, it's like, this is doing how we the roll. damn thing. Like we build the yeah. plane while we, 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 what is it? Fix the plane while it flies. <laughs> build it while it flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm glad I came out for sure. I was drinking Tito's on a boat uh, trying to catch some cobia. So. I was like, oh, man, I got plans tonight. We this stole you from that. You oh, should have stayed out there. God dang it. <laughs> F you, Eric. Elizabeth, on priorities. Come on. <laughs> we didn't even send you any but bourbon. I, I do appreciate y'all having me on. I had a good time. Cool. Well, we appreciate it. And, and for the record, if you go to, I think there's a page on our website, okcenter.com, that now exists, but I've not like, it's kind of like buried. I had to make the page to get the podcast live. So I'll bring mm-hmm. that to the forefront just a little bit. Uh, if you go to Spotify or iTunes and you search the onset podcast, I think there was a couple others with the same name, which is hard to avoid these days. Cause like, there's no more original thoughts, uh, mm-hmm. as clever as I think I might be. Um, but you'll find it. And, and the, the podcast cover art is your face, you wearing a hat with like all these outdoor things. It's very cool. So, uh, just giving that description for people that if they come across that they know, Oh, this is the one they were talking about. Um, but as you, bring on some guests and start to become a podcaster on your own terms. We'll do a formal launch at some point. I just thought it'd be fun to have you on. To, For sure. Cause we haven't had you on yet. So this is, yeah, it's exciting. How do you yeah. feel? How do you feel about being a podcaster? What does that feel like? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Ask me in like a month or two. Okay. <laughs> tell me, I'm hey. still pro- again, like the identity crisis. I think I'm still yeah. processing. You didn't prep me, Eric. You didn't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> tell me what I did wrong. I don't know. Good stuff. Well, we'll end the live uh, recording and then this will be in podcast land this evening. We'll take you in all the stuff, do all the normal things and uh, we'll keep you on just for a minute debrief, but thanks everybody for tuning in. 
Yeah, super excited to hear what you got, Elizabeth. Thanks for coming on.